Welcome to the third episode of the Box Box Podcast. Sebastian Vettel has recovered from COVID. How will his first race of the season be? Is DRS overpowered? And will Mercedes stay in a very bad position? Find out in this episode. To bring you their thoughts on what happened in Jeddah, Seb and James. What did you think, Seb? Oh, so, firstly, I, I was really happy that there was a lot less red flags in the session and it was a lot cleaner racing. And it was a lot better than last year because of the um, all the switches with the lead. What do you think, James? I, I thought it was... I thought it was definitely another good step in the right direction for Formula One because, of course, like although twenty twenty, let's be honest, was a was an exception to the, to the norm, wasn't it? It was really exciting, and although I don't think maybe twenty the twenty twenty one, I think maybe the twenty twenty two Saudi Arabian Grand Prix was a little bit better, mm. or because I don't know uh, the the controversy um, surrounding the the last event was. You know, just kind of overwhelming, and it kind of ruined what was I. I thought quite an exciting event, but I think that uh, I think it's going. Re- I think F one's going in a really good direction at the moment because we're getting good races on a consistent, a consistent basis, which wasn't which wasn't the norm uh, usually. And you'd have like, and you'd maybe have a couple of a uh, couple of pit stops or back a couple of battles, but in the, in the midfield. But now it's their battles taking place up the up the grid. In the midfield, and also um, what were used to be like the Hasses and the uh, and the Alfa Romeos from last year, they're they're right at the front in the midfield too. And it's really it's really good, and I'm enjoying. I'm going to enjoy what's uh, what's coming next seasons. It was exciting to see the differences in this season and the last season. But what I thought was quite exceptional was how far Verstappen was able to lunge at Leclerc from back. Could this mean that DRS is overpowered? What well, do you think? We'll talk about that in a moment. Well, we might as well talk about it now. For me, I think something's got to be done with DRS. We've had two tracks where we've had two back-to-back DRS straights. For me, that is a safety issue. Having Going 200-plus miles an hour down a really long straight and then two drivers or more, maybe even three or four, trying to brake and trying to outbrake each other, that is a significant health hazard. Well, I don't. Well, with with your opinion, always comes adversity from me, Russell. So, I don't think it's too much of a, consa- a safety concern. It makes but it a lot more exciting, doesn't it? It does. Well, no, for, because we F one fans they tune into something that I like to call racing, and trying to break early as possible to then overtake isn't because you, you want you want Daniel Ricardo style lunges up the inside, don't you? You don't want you don't want like passive they're just two two people trying to break as early as possible to then get the DRS zone. No, you want you want dive bombs into the corner, don't you? Because yeah. that's what that's what we come here to watch. And I just because we, we got we got a little bit of Bahrain. I don't think it was as as bad as an issue, but we saw we saw Leclerc and Max this time trying to trying to let each other by for the for the main straight and to get back to get back past each each other and I just don't think that was that wasn't pure racing that isn't what I tuned in to see I just thought it was a bit it was a bit scrappy and as as Russell said um, I, I don't know whether that's just an account of being like two DRS zones being right next to each other um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what other um, what other tracks like Spa Funkers Champs you got one DRS one DRS zone and uh, at the start of the circuit and then one that's uh, one that's in the lower half. So I don't know whether that's that problem won't probably be um, apparent in that circuit. 
but we'll just uh yeah i think we'll just have to we'll just have to see sorry can i butt in there for me it's we've seen we've had a street circuit just now we've had Jeddah, probably the fastest street circuit maybe las vegas will be faster we'll talk about that later but with a street circuit there is hardly any any runoff area which means that if two people collide then they're almost certainly going straight into the barrier and like we saw Mick Schumacher in qualifying not going to be very healthy yeah, afterwards causing a red flag do you think exactly which for me isn't what James calls racing it's not it's not pure i think something has to be done to DRS it's too overpowered like you said yeah. and it's resulted in drivers trying to do things that are, in my opinion, are unsafe and should not be in the sport. I've got one question. Do you know how James was talking about the two DRS zones? I, I mean, uh, to be honest, I fell asleep during the race because I was <laughs> tired after a tennis match. But I've, I wanted to know whether, you know how you got the first DRS zone going across the line? Yes. Which, like, they would both challenge each other at that last corner where Max collided last year. And, we'd, and they'd go all the way up to the line. But in that second DRS zone, would there be any overtaking? Mm. Probably... Maybe, maybe not. May normally, I think yes, because normally, if you're say nine tenths behind a driver, with the overpowerness of DRS as we've seen this season, you gain an extra twelve kilometers an hour or approximately four tenths of a second. In my personal opinion, I don't think DRS is overpowered. I think it allows, instead of the boring racing of where a car goes past and then the car carries on and overtakes another person, for example, in Brazil, it yeah. allows the person being overtaken to fight back. And that's what I've always wanted to see. And I think that's a really good addition to this year's F1. Yeah. I, I, I do agree with that. And I'm, I'm by no means am I saying remove DRS. What I'm trying to give people the notice is that we should not have back-to-back DRS zones yeah, because I mean, that is yeah. when it starts getting a safety safety hazard and that is when we start to be um we start to get really quick racing yeah you know I, I think that I've seen quite a good a few good solutions to this problem um on the on the internet which is of course a reliable source um I mean we, we could have potentially um one one DRS zone or um like one DRS usage per lap, so that's, yeah. Um, yeah, they won't have to get back um, on the on the next straight. So, yeah. But then is that similar to e- ERS, where drivers can harvest energy and then deploy it down mm. the straight? Well, I I think that um, maybe we should move on to Las Vegas and what sure. we th- what we think is going to happen. Obviously, we've seen the Ve- Las Vegas before with a rubbish track in. Um, in the parking parking slot of where was it again? Caesar's Palace. Caesar's Palace, which is now around, I think it's turn 10 on the new track, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously the last the last one was, the uh, last uh, Las Vegas race there was absolutely rubbish because, well, first, first off, I think it was held in 1981 and uh, 82, and uh, both those seasons were really, um, really, really close to, uh, to each other. We had... Uh, PK versus Reutemann in uh, 81, and then Rosberg trying to catch up to Peroni in 82. And, of course, if maybe Las Vegas were in the middle of the track, uh, middle of the calendar, then it might not have been, it might not have triggered, uh, triggered such outrage. But 
they were both in like the finale of the uh, of the, of both seasons. So we had a really two really exciting seasons. How would um, just you know come to an unsatisfying conclusion at what was a boring track. First off, the layout was very boring to most of the drivers. It strained their neck muscles, which is on the left side, so it's anti-clockwise. Most circuits are clockwise, so they are so their neck muscles are tested on left-hand side tracks. Of course, combined the heat. A lot of tri- uh, drivers were suffering from exhaustion. I think Nelson Piquet actually had to uh, rest for 15 minutes after the race just because of the sheer physical efforts it took him to uh, even, even just even place fifth. And and combined with like the mechanics not being impressed with the track, and also not many people showing up, it wasn't too it wasn't too great of a venue. But hopefully, F1 can change it. I've got some bad news here, James. Or well, two bits of bad news. One, similar to Jeddah, it's a high-speed, uh, high-speed street circuit, which means that Red Bull will be more favourable than Mercedes. <sighs> and secondly, um, this is going. This Las Vegas race is going to be taking place in November in 2023, which will place it where. Abu da- where the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix will take pre- place this year, so oh. most likely at the end of the season. Yes. Oh, for goodness sake. F1, the... I thought you'd learn from your mistakes. One of the big questions I've wanted to ask is, with the long straight, um, I think it's from... Which everyone is talking about. From yep. turn 9 to turn 11, do you reckon there'll be a double overtake? Well, that's, that's the thing you see, because... I mean, it brings us back onto like DRS, doesn't it? Yeah. Is is there going to be two DRS zones? Maybe even that would make it three back to back DRS zones because we've got that turn ten, which isn't really a turn. It's kind of like a it's like a Spa Frankenstein turn that isn't. It's kind of like a half turn. So for me, like I've I've already expressed my opinion about having a back to back DRS zone. If we would have a back to back to back one. I think tyre wear will definitely be very high because yep. of high speeds. But then also you'd need lots of runoff area because I think the first the first um, overtake will be from between turn nine and ten, and then there's a chance that they'll be competing again down into turn eleven, and obviously they'll break as late as possible, and we might see some action down there. With hopefully. the with the, DR, with the DRS zones, you say like two. Um a, d- a double double um, DRS zone, but what's what if there's just the one, the one DRS zone, and I don't know. I think this is actually where two DRS zones. I know, I know it sounds a bit contradictory here, but um, it, it could actually be better because if you have one gigantic DRS zone that's down the whole of the main straight. I mean that is look. I mean it's absolutely ginormous, isn't it? It's it's basically NASCAR track, isn't it? It is so, probably about a third of the. Four point one two. Yes, and but if if you have like say Max Verstappen DRS zone on Leclerc with that Mercedes with, with that um, Red Bull, with that Honda engine, which we already know is an absolute powerhouse, if he's just gonna if he's just gonna go continue at the two hundred twelve miles an hour all the way down there, Leclerc is going to be out of DRS zone, so that you're not going to. I mean, you're not you going to get any more racing. No, you're not going to get any more but racing. But then, what about the slipstream? Because he'll be following in the slipstream. Although the DRS is overpowered, and they'll probably compete through in eight and nine to be behind the other one. The slipstream is so powerful, as we've seen, because Verstappen's been allowed to lunge. Maybe is that the slipstream combined with the DRS? But the, yeah. we've we've seen the decrease in dirty air, yes. uh, which again may make tracks like Spain actually interesting. But um, it may make the corners faster in Las Vegas. 
Again, I know I'm ranting on about safety, but do we really want high-speed, tight cornering? Like, I think it would be... In my, yeah, like well, in my favourite circuit, Singapore. Obviously, ugh, no. Don't, don't talk about Singapore. I mean, it's, it's a good race. It's better than Azerbaijan, but it's just... Oh, okay. I, I think they're trying to be too much like Azerbaijan. I think I called it when I first saw this trial. I call this, I called it the drive to survive circuit, because I think the how F one have really increased um, the support over in America, and I think that's why we've had th- this is the third um, the third track that's third been added track in yeah. America. But there's been so many news articles. What track is going to give way? And there's been rumours about Monaco. Monaco's would, got the history. Never, no, they wouldn't do Monaco. Monaco. They're, they're going to do Singapore, Tom. <laughs> yeah. But what, what, what track has to give? It's I, another circuit and it's another street circuit. I've seen Jeddah I don't, and this. I don't think that they will get rid of one because I've seen lots of people proposing that there might be 30 races coming up no, that, in the that's, future seasons. But then do we, want, do we want 30 races? I think it would make it more interesting. The fans, the fans would want... 30 races, but... With the drivers. The drivers wouldn't... They need they need time off. They're, they're athletes, but they're also humans, aren't they? They yeah. need time to rest. They need time to recover. And also the mechanics. They're, they're at their... They're, they go, they're away from their families. And I've, I've, read, I've read that quite a few F1 drivers, they're away from their families. And it's, it's a long time before they see them again. And even the summer break, I'd argue, maybe isn't long enough. And I think double headers should be kept to a minimum. I think this... The 23 race calendar we have now is a maximum at the moment. I think, so. it, I think it could go up to 25, but I reckon that will probably be the maximum. Maybe in the future it might go up as the athletes get stronger, because as you can see, with the modern day science behind all the exercise, we get, humans are getting stronger and stronger and smarter as well. Mm. Well, I'll take this opportunity, if that's fine by you, to move on to Mercedes, which oh, I'm sure James God, will no. absolutely love. Um, as, a, as, a, as a Mercedes fan, put it this way, would uh, you be happy with how George Russell is performing as a new driver to the, to the team? Well, firstly, I'd say that he's an absolute, he's an absolute cracker. He's better than Verstappen. He's better than Leclerc. Um, he, almost even better than Lewis. Uh, he's probably the second best driver in the grid. He's better than Verstappen. End of. Yeah, I think he's actually done pretty well. Okay, and then as a neutral, as a neutral, I think that um, Mercedes are doing quite well, but um, from Bahrain. But with their struggles, it still looks like they're getting worse, and especially for the qualifying from Hamilton. What I don't think, what I think Mercedes is going to really struggle with this year is the fact that there's a budget cap. So yeah. that means that all teams are going to spend most likely the same amount of money and most likely all on the similar things, which means that the cars, we're all going to get better cars at the end of the season. And every, every car is going to get a lot better, but are they going to get any more different? No. They're going to, in my opinion, they're going to upgrade similarly. And they're going to all be the same when we go to Abu Dhabi, just a bit faster. Well, I, th- I don't know. I think that, I think that the idea that, it's, um, that they all spend on, this, on like the, the same things is maybe a little bit different. Because we've um, because you've seen a load of um, different designs. Of course, Ferrari went for an aggressive one. Mercedes, of course, went for the, um, for the, sort of the zero pod, I think, design. And I think they're, they're going to keep developing... They're going to keep developing that. Ferrari are going to keep developing their package. And 
I don't know, Red Bull, Red Bull might actually develop um, develop their own engine because that seems to be their greatest strength at the moment. But um, yeah. So what, what about you, Seb? Well, I, in terms of what? Sorry, I wasn't really listening. Uh, oh, it's just um, talking about different different car designs and how they might evolve over uh, I think, the season. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't been in F1 for long, but then after every season, you have to change your car slightly. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do. But then there's a massive um, R&D change at the end of, like... We, we well, also see rule changes as yeah. well sometimes. Yeah, just uh, min- so, minor ones, mostly. So in 2021, the cars were the best that they've ever been in that like period because yeah. they've been developed on the year after year after year. So that just shows that the cars are only going to get quicker. Yeah. And talking about uh, making their own engines, Aston Martin are wanting to create their own engines soon, aren't they? Yes. Wow, well... I, I don't know whether... Um, I mean, let's talk about Aston Martin now. Um, they've got the Mercedes engine, which is already a big... Uh, it pains me to say this, but that's already a great disadvantage. Um, unfortunately, I really wanted to do the... Uh, I wanted the Aston Martin to really be quick. I mean, I know Seb... Seb nearly fainted when he saw uh, when he saw the Aston Martin um, launch and livery. And... To be honest, I was pretty way. much, I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty much knocked out by it too. It was stunning. I think we only placed it behind the Ferrari because, I mean, Ferrari is pretty hard to. I mean, it was a really close second, and and the the vents on the side, I thought, where it looked looked really good, looked really aggressive, and maybe even looked functional. But um, yeah, I mean, we we thought it's, that it's they, a beautiful looking car. Isn't it's it? a beautiful yeah. looking car, but that none of that has really translated into speed. Very well, so... They're calling it the rocket without any cornering. <laughs> yeah, just... but, uh... Yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of, um... I saw in a news article that, um... That, uh, Stroll is a, isn't, isn't really taking the team anywhere, and... I, I mean, that's kind of up for de- debate at the moment, because... I mean, as soon as Stroll came in, I think it was in 2019, and then, I mean, which was a pretty lukewarm year, I'll, I'll admit... But then we had 2020, and we had, of course, we had we had the pink Mercedes, yes. But that thing was a rocket. You yeah. can't. He he did. Maybe he bent the rules slightly, okay. But still, you got you got a couple of podiums out of that, and you also got a win. And it sh- and he should have got a, gotten a P3 out of it. And I think Lawrence Stroll was pretty good at handling that, at handling a competitive team, and. I mean, we we t- me me and Tom Russell, we love we love Sergio's um, uh, drive from uh, yeah what, from what was Paris to Glory, Paris to Glory, yeah, yeah Bahrain. Bahrain. That was my, one of my favourite races. It's a really good to see how he came right from the back all the way up to the front. Definitely. Yeah, it was it was an absolutely incredible drive, and as I say, should have gone should have gone P four in the constructors championship at least, and uh, but I think uh, some COVID and also uh, also some reliability issues and uh, uh, really hampered the team. But it showed what Lawrence Stroll and his Racing Point team what was it were able to do. And they and I thought they were really good at it. And then we had 2021 and we had a new injection of cash with the team team change. We also had a beautiful a new beautiful car. I'm, I'm not saying the pink was uh, wasn't a great car, but come on, Aston Martin Green is yeah. never going to be beaten. And we, we, I think we all expected that, you know, we're fr- coming off the back of a strong 2020, Aston Martin, new injection of cash, and also 
Aston Martin are really good in GT3 racing as well. We thought that they might actually get to high, high heights, and, it's, and it seemed as though that might be the case, because we got S Sebastian Vettel was P2 in Azerbaijan. And it really did look as though they were going up, and of course we had what should have been a podium in Hungary, um, P2 probably stolen, I think. Um, but then they just went into this downward spiral, and they just didn't get out of it. Well, quickly before we end, I wanted to um, quote Ralph Schumacher, who said that um, Aston Martin should keep Nico Hülkenberg and Lance Stroll should find a different hobby, which for me is a bit bit rude. I think it's a bit over the top. I, for me, Hülkenberg, I know he's just come back into the sport after a long period out, but I think Lance Stroll is a, very, is a good driver, what do you think, Seb? I mean, he's a good driver, but correct me if I'm wrong, Stroll is at the moment outperforming Nico. Yes. Yes. So why would he want to say that? The thing, well, I think the thing is that Hulkenberg is performing on a close level to Stroll, despite being away from Formula 1 for, I don't know, two years now, I think. And I kind of... Maybe I see where Ralph is coming out. I mean, you've you've got the money, uh, the pay drivers. The pay drivers label, label has been kind of introduced with Stroll back in 2017 or 16, I don't know. And then it's kind of developed from uh, Latifi and then to Mazepin. And none have been particularly outstanding drivers, I think you'll, you'll agree. But um, I don't know. Stroll, I think, is probably the best out of that bunch because... He did get a podium in his first year in a Williams, let's not forget, and in the middle of their downward, downward spiral. And, you's, and you've also got to remember that Stroll is actually the second youngest on the grid, I think. I think because I think the only one younger is Lando. And I know that Lando is an outstanding driver, probably definitely better than Stroll, I would argue. But um, that's, that's a talk for another day, I think. <laughs> yeah, Lando. but I would, I would say that I would say that Stroll has definitely got, he's definitely got more in him. I mean, a pole, a pole position at Turkey in 2020. That's nothing. That's nothing to sniff at. And now performed his uh, his teammate Sergio Perez on that day. And we all know Sergio Perez. We know where he is now. He's at Red Bull. He's settling quite nicely in. Um, and I think he's also he also did a very good job in uh, last year as well. So if if Stroll can do that. If Stroken beats um, beat drivers like Perez on a consistent basis, then I think he's, he'll be good. But I have to stress the point, consistent. Yeah. And Lance Stroll isn't very consistent at the moment. He's just... I mean, I think that sometimes Vettel and Stroll were very similar uh, last year. I think they were matching each other quite well. But it's just that Stroll would sometimes drop off. And on those weekends... Vettel would capitalise and he'd get and he'd get those points in. Yeah. Well, I'd like to uh, finish this now saying thank you to over 40 listeners on the Box Box podcast and uh, join us for Australia next week. Thank you.